day that the Lord has made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. My name is Fazel Colbreth. I'm the evangelism pastor here at the Tree of Life Church. Thank you all for joining us tonight. It's such an honor uh, to be able to share this time with you. Of all the thousands and thousands of ministries that, that you could have tuned into, thank you for tuning in to the Tree of Life broadcast tonight. On the behalf of our pastor, Pastor Joel Urshan, and our first lady, Sister Heidi Urshan, uh, we thank you all once again for, for being with us. Uh, pastor wants to send uh, his regards to, to all of us tonight. Uh, as you know, he has been, uh, him and Sister Urshan has been recovering uh, from uh, a, a battle with, with, with sickness, with an illness and COVID, and so they're now uh, have turned their corner, praise God, praise God. Uh, they're still building up strength, and he wants to uh, let you all know that your prayers have prevailed. They're feeling much better, much better, and uh, he's going to be with us this Sunday. So, man, glory. Uh, we look forward to that. This smile is genuine because <laughs> anytime pastor has been away and he comes back to the house, I'm here to tell you right now we are in for a special treat. We certainly thank God for our shepherd, his family, and all that the Lord is using them to do. We are <clears throat> equally as blessed, and we have a tradition around here. Uh, my wife and I were discussing this uh, earlier today. Uh, let me greet her, Mildred, and my daughters, Alana, Alyssa, and my two oldest daughters, Janelle and Sequoia. Uh, Janelle, coincidentally, has a birthday this coming Sunday. She turns 34 years old. I am getting so young. <laughs> I am getting so young. But we have a tradition around here, um, the Tree of Life Church, that every every year there's an event that, that takes place. You might be familiar with it. Uh, I don't know if it's on NBC, ABC this year, or, or, or CBS, but uh, it's something that has to do with, with football. Uh, yes, you, you guessed it, especially if you're a member of the Tree of Life Church. You know, uh, like I know, and are looking forward to uh, the message on Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, how is Pastor going to make this work? I don't know how he does it, but every year uh, on that Sunday, God gives Pastor a word, and I mean, it is a right now word. So we were sort of, uh, Mildred and I, playing around, <laughs> playing around with the titles, uh, or what this message may be titled, since it is the uh, Buccaneers versus the Chiefs, you know, so you know, you might title it that, or it could be on dry land, you know, when a buccaneer faces a chief, or, you know, it could be across the waters when a chief faces a buccaneer, but we are, <laughs> just some hints out there, uh, uh, but we are certainly looking forward, looking forward to it. So uh, we send pastor our best, and we thank God for all that the Lord is doing. Uh, in this season uh, within the within the earth and within the ministry of the Tree of Life Church. Uh, we are excited about the opportunity and uh, that door that the Lord has opened for us to begin uh, already now. We're continuing to give to that. So we certainly do uh, welcome you and encourage you to continue on in your giving. It's a great day to give. We are in a season of increase and we certainly appreciate God uh, for doing that. Uh, I've been asked to continue the or finish out the session that we started last week on on we on the church so just want to share this this small video clip with you uh just so you know that 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 we are not a church that that is idle we are not a church that is idle 
uh, in that not just the Tree of Life Church, but the body of Christ worldwide. You know, uh, the apostolic Pentecostal movement across the city, uh, across our nation, across our state, we, we are not idle. We are not idle. We are uh, not allowing the circumstance to dictate to us our, our activity in the kingdom. Let me say that again. We are not allowing the circumstances uh, that exist in our nation to dictate to us our activity in the kingdom. But we are lively. We are a royal priesthood. We are God's called, and we are functioning with that responsibility. So let me share this small video with you, and then we'll be right back. What is church? Is it a building? With some pews? A piano? And stained glass? Or is it something more? 2,000 years ago, the church was born. It wasn't made up of the famous, the rich, or the powerful. It was made up of everyday people who passionately believed in the message of Jesus. It was the beginning of a revolution of love and freedom that would change the world forever. In 369 AD, the church built the first hospital as a place to care for those who cannot care for themselves. Today, the church is the largest single provider of healthcare in history. The church was the first to stand up for the rights of children, creating the first and largest orphanage system in the world. 100 out of the first 110 universities in America were founded as Christian institutions. Places like Harvard, Dartmouth, Yale, and Princeton. Much of the world's greatest art, architecture, literature, and music has been shaped by the church. But the impact of the church isn't just ancient history. Today, the church is stronger than ever and continues to impact every corner of the world. Over 300,000 churches in America and almost 5 million churches around the world stand ready to be instruments of change, to do what governments could never do. Every day, the church brings food and fresh water to millions of people across the world. It has a renewed passion to help widows and orphans and fights to free slaves in every part of the world. It stands ready as a first responder on the scene to provide relief for victims of disaster. The ripple of Jesus' impact can be clearly seen and felt in the church today. And it's made up of people like me and you. Today, you didn't just come to a building. You came to a revolution 2,000 years in the making. The world is facing as much trouble as ever. But we are not afraid. We were created for such a time as this. We will continue to do what we've always done. Proclaim the message of Jesus to help a world that needs him so desperately. Welcome. 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 Welcome to church. I don't know if you're sitting in that living room uh, by yourself or if your wife is near, if you're married or your children are near, but I want you to look them in the eye and tell them and for them to tell you that, that we are the church. We are the church. Let me direct your attention to Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to begin reading there, verse, verse 13. Very familiar passage of scripture. Uh, verse 13 reads, when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And notice what he says. He says unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Here's a declaration. It's not a topic tonight, not a point of discussion, but, but who are we declaring that he is? He's already declared that who we are, but who are we declaring that he is? Here's what he says, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjana, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. 
And I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Everybody say, shall not prevail. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We're going to continue to talk about talk about the church. There, there's so many compartments, so many compartments of uh, of the church. Not not just in who the Lord said we are, but but let's start there. But there there are several compartments of the church. We have a compartment of what we certainly would call a ministry. Uh, to children. It's, it's called children's ministry. That's, that's one compartment of one particular ministry that's dedicated to building up our children, helping our children uh, to grow in that faith. And it is a very important ministry. And I, I certainly applaud the ministry and leadership of Brother Mark Purdy, Pastor uh, Brian Duvall, and all those teachers that are engaged in helping our children uh, to grow strong, strong in their faith is a very important. But it's, it's just one compartment, compartment of the church. Then we have a, another compartment of the church is entitled men's ministry. We have a compartment or an area called women's ministry. We have a compartment or areas called youth ministry or young adult ministry or branch ministry or singles ministry uh, or seniors. And each, each of these ministries, each of these departments, they, they help believers, they help believers to grow, to become all that we can for the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in, in this season, in this season. And each of them have their, their own particular identity in terms of how they function, uh, what they lend their gifts to, uh, the impact that they have, each of them. But when it, when it comes to the, the foundation of, of who we are as a identity, who we are in our calling, who we are in our confession, we are called. We are called the church. And, and let me tell you something. There's not an organization on the planet. I feel the Lord already. Glory. There's not an organization on the planet like the church. Glory. There's not an organization on the planet like the church. You, you can't go anywhere and get what you get in the house of God. You can't, you can't go there. Not just the building, but, but in contact with with God's people because we are those that have been, the Bible tells us, called out. That name Ecclesia or Ecclesia means that we have been we have been called out. So so defining that, what have you been called out from? What have we been called out from? We have been called out of fear into courage. We have been called out of obscurity into notoriety through the name of Jesus Christ. We have been called out of darkness into light. We have been called out of shyness into boldness, glory. So, so we have been called out of any and everything that has existed in the system of mankind. We have been called out from it. Every sin, we have been called out from it. Every addiction, we have been called out from it. Every new addiction, we have been called out from it. Why? Because we are, we are the church. And our identity is not connected in, in our last name. Our identity is connected in what the Lord has said that we are to be, and that is, that is his church, his called out one, his called out one. The Bible tells us in Psalm 68, uh, verse 11, it says the Lord gave his word and great was the company of those that, that published it or, or made it known. 
is something very powerful about the ministry, the ministry of the Word of God. I'm, I'm, I serve, uh, humbly serve, volunteer uh, as the uh, evangelism pastor here at the church and our ministry here in terms of evangelism, uh, one aspect of it is, is really focused upon the, the ministry of home Bible studies. And, and you might be familiar with it. I pray that you are. If not, please reach out to us <laughs> because we have a team of people that would love to share the word of God with you. We have a team of people that would love to do that. Our, 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 our teachers understand, understand a principle that, that God has given us in his word. And that's this here. Where his word go, goes, his presence goes. Where his word goes, provisions go. Where his word goes, deliverance goes. Where his word goes, miracles go. Where his word goes, salvation goes. This is something very powerful about that, that you won't get in anywhere else, any organization or entity on the planet when you come, into, come in contact with those that have that has been called out. Reason being that we have, we have a word from the Lord. Let me just tell you right now, we have a word from the Lord. Anytime you come encounter with a member of the body of Christ, a member of the church, they should have a word within their spirit. Why? Because they are the called out. We are the called out. There, there's, there's not a time, and I'm not talking about, you know, a prophetic word where we're looking for a specific direction from God, although if that gifting is in that saint of God, that man or woman, that brother or sister, certainly if God leads them that way, God will give them something for you. But I'm here to tell you right now, it could just be a casual conversation. You could knock on my door or any one of the members of the, of the church door, and I'm telling you right now, there is a word for you. I'm putting pressure on somebody. I'm like, man, don't knock on my door. I know I'm putting pressure on some of us, some of us right now, but this is who we are. This is who we are. In an unashamed way, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because I may not be able to offer you some sort of exegetical presentation or expository sermon. I may not be able to give that to you, but we can give the gospel glory of Jesus Christ without shame, without doubt, without fear or hesitation or even apprehension. We can share with you the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love what Paul said there in Romans chapter 1, 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's why. For it is, somebody say it is. What is? The gospel is the power of God, who glory, unto salvation. And anywhere the gospel is published, anywhere his word goes forth, change will happen. Whew. Glory. Anywhere the gospel goes forth, change, change will happen. It is an automatic experience when faith is applied. It is an automatic experience. The Bible tells us, tells us this in Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16. Uh, this is time during a great commission after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and he's en route to glory, hadn't yet ascended. But in Mark 16, he says this in verse 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. This were the signs that, that, that followed them. There was the result of, of preaching and publishing the word was there, was there was a response. Everybody say a response, okay? And that response was continuing with the scripture, you know, that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. What is the component? The component that is essential, that is, that is critical in that, in that passage of Scripture is our faith. He that, he that believeth, he that believeth and is baptized 
shall be saved. So our, our response to the gospel is, is, is first to, to believe it. First to believe it. The gospel is the good news. The good news of the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of Christ into heaven. Let me tell you something. That is good news. That is good. For, for anybody that has ever lived in fear, that is good news. Anybody that's ever dealt in uh, some sort of uh, problem or, or challenge, whether it was something physically, mentally, uh, emotionally, let me tell you something. That is good news. It is good news. Why? Because these signs shall follow them that believe. Believe what? Believe the gospel. Believe the truth of the word of God. Here's what he says, that in my name shall they cast out devils, demons shall flee at the name of Jesus Christ. Then it says this here, they shall speak with new tongues. We had a, a, an evangelist this, this weekend, powerful man of God, powerful man of God. Uh, I believe that both the 930 service, uh, there were two that received the Holy Ghost uh, that's being reported. Amen. That's right. That's right. That's right. Glory. I see you clapping your hands. I see you clapping your hands. Glory. And we celebrate that. And I believe at the 1130 service, uh, there were, I believe, three or four more that had received the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, one baptized in Jesus' name. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Why? That's what the gospel does. That is what the gospel does. The word of God, when it goes forth, it changes people's lives. It helps to rewrite people's history. It helps to categorize or, or focus people in the right direction. It has to deal with, it deals, deals with, with the inside. It deals with the inside. Matthew uh, chapter 10, verse 7, uh, Jesus said, And as you go, preach the kingdom, preach the kingdom of heaven. Some scripture we shared on last week. Uh, Luke 14, verse 21, it says this. So the servants came and showed, him, showed the Lord all these things, dealing with a the parable. Then his master in house, saying, being angry, said unto his servants, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed, the halt and the blind. And the servants said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house, that my house may be filled that my house may be filled. Our challenge as, as members of the church, you know, as we look at obviously what we're facing as, as a, um, not just as a nation, but as the human existence, as the human race uh, in particular uh, with this COVID, there are a lot of limitations and, and things that we certainly don't have the liberty to do as, and the, the freedom to do as, as, as much as we had and as much as we wish we had now. But there's still a way. There is still a way. There's still a way for us to re reach our community because Jesus says to compel them to come. Here's what's so interesting about that, and I can be such a, a one-minded or one-dimensional uh, personality when it comes to that. And, and, and partly so, partly so, I have to just testify for a moment. Uh, I understand why I am the way that I am. Uh, how absolute I, I believe that 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 we can still be effective in in this day and in this time. Re reason being, this is is how I was I was sort of molded. <laughs> I have to share this with you. I was, I was sharing with Pastor that my mother, I, um, my mother was was a loving person. Uh, you know, she was she was uh, she was a loving person. <laughs> she was a loving person. Uh, but my mom, my mother was absolute. You know, my mother was not, you know, uh, a college grad uh, at all. Uh, 
So she had a specific way of rearing children. So uh, I was sharing with one audience that my mom grew up in old school. We grew up in a school where children are seen and not heard. Can anybody testify to that, that that, that was that's your testimony also, uh, that we were seen and not heard. And so my mom had, had a, a way of, uh, of showing us her commitment to the Lord. And it wasn't all word, it was by, by example. By example and her exercising influence in our lives. Uh, uh, one occasion I can remember I used to get these balls on, on my foot and legs and things and, and uh, it was Sunday and I had a ball on my foot, couldn't put a shoe on. So I said, this day I'm gonna stay home. My favorite program was Mutual of Omaha Wild Kingdom. Some of y'all too young to even remember what that was. Y'all call it Discovery Channel now, I believe. But we used to watch this. I used to enjoy the, the animals, animal shows. And I said, I'm going to stay home. I know mama's not going to make me go to church. I'm going to stay home and watch Mutual of Omaha Wild Kingdom. Well, my mom made me put on five pairs of socks on that foot that I could not get a shoe on where I had that ball and made me go to church with one shoe on and five pairs of socks, okay? Now, I have to tell you something. I have to tell you something. I was very comfortable. <laughs> But I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. But what she showed me was this here, Fazel, even when you don't have the liberty, even when things are, are not the way that you would want them to be, don't give up on God. Don't make it convenient for you to say no. Don't make it comfortable for you to, to choose the easy way out. That's what she showed me. That's what she showed me. So, so when I say that, that my frame of thought, my, my, my focus ha has been molded, uh, has been ingrained, there are certain things that have been introduced to me, and there are certain things that have been introduced to you. There's an absolute determination within us as members of the body of, the body of Christ that we will not give up that we will not take the easy way out. We will not find that, that least path of resistance, but we will fulfill the will of God because that's what the church does. That's what the church does. So, so, so in that, in that, in that, where there is a will, somebody say there is a way. Go ahead, repeat with me. Where there is a will, there is, there is a way. He wants us to know this, that his word can go forth and will go forth. I, I love what we're doing online, even on tonight, uh, with this recording, as you are receiving this broadcast tonight. I, I love what we're doing, because even with the snow, we still have our YouTube access. We have our Facebook access. Uh, if you're on Instagram or another social media platform, uh, there is word that is available. There is word that's available. And I will tell you this now, I will tell you this, right? I have to apologize right now to, to my sisters, <laughs> Sister Cassandra, Sister Teresa, because you you're about to get a food analogy, uh, because you can't eat at everybody's table. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you can't eat at everybody's table. Um, let me just go, go here, just to borrow culturally, uh, Thanksgiving rolls around, you know, and you know, we love the turkey, we love the dressing, and you could eat anybody's turkey and anybody's dressing, you know, providing they know how to cook, season it up, you know, get that better than bouillon, you know, uh, paste, which is super delicious, you know. Um, but you can't eat everybody's chitlins. Y'all like, what in the world? No, you cannot eat everybody's chitlins because everybody is not as thorough as you are if you eat them, if you eat them. Uh, my wife has a policy in our home. Uh, as long as we are there, you know, I can't cook them any home anymore, you know. Uh, and, and that's understandable that they're, they're not the best, you know, aroma. Uh, but, but nonetheless, you can't eat at anybody's table. I'm going to touch that and just, just leave that alone. When the church began, something very interesting that the scripture points out to us. Jesus said this of the church in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He said this, <clears throat> when they were questioning, Lord, when is 
the kingdom going to be restored into Israel? When is that time going to be? Jesus answered them very specifically, and, and, and here's why. He answered them very specifically because their idea, uh, their approach, their uh, association was really centered on the nation. And the Lord's idea and vision was on the planet. It was on the planet. And here's what he said to them. He said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost have come upon you. Okay? And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Here's how the kingdom operates. Here's how believers, here's how we serve the purpose of the kingdom. What do we do? We function in power in our local influences. We function in power in our cultural influences. We, we function in power in our cross-cultural influences. And we function in power across, across the world. Glory. Across the world. Why? Because our identity is not connected to the name. Our identity is not connected to, uh, uh, connected to our, our location or, or where we are in, in, in terms of our social status or in terms of, you know, our, our economics. But our identity is connected to who we are as members or as citizens of the kingdom. Glory. That, that's where our influence lies. Our influence doesn't lie in our pedigree. Our influences doesn't lie in our accomplishments. Our influences do, doesn't lie in the car we drive or anything like that. Glory. But our influences lie in the fact that we are citizens of the kingdom. Glory. And we are filled with this power. Th this is why as, as a ministry, wherever we go, glory, miracles will happen. Glory. Wherever we go, revival will break out. Wherever we go, the miraculous is possible. Why? Because we're members and citizens of the kingdom of God. Here's what, he, here's what he declared into us. It's something very powerful. In Acts 2, as we begin a journey through this, this lesson, uh, uh, there's something you'll see this, this a, a, a consistent thing in the scripture. One of the things is the word of God. The other thing consistent in the church. One of the things is the word of God, the name of Jesus, and the power of a spirit. It, it is consistent, consistent in the church. And if you have never, if you have never, you all that are listening tonight, you all that have tuned in here tonight, please know this. If you have never experienced the power of repentance, and, and that is a change, that is obeying the gospel, that is our first step in obeying the gospel, I, I invite you to do that. I invite you to do that. Don't hang on to, to the world that, that you may be living in right now that, that you do know and understand that there's more that God has for me. How many know that there is more that God has for you? Don't hang on to that glory. Go ahead and ask the Lord, God, I, I want to make the change now. And like Proverbs, I believe it is 28 and, and uh, 13 tells us, it tells us that he says, he who covered their sins shall not prosper, but he who confesses and forsaketh the sins shall obtain mercy. That's what repentance is. Repentance is a very powerful experience. It is a very powerful experience because it deals with, with change. Let me touch on that for just a moment. It deals with change. And we cannot forget how powerful repentance is because repentance affects every area of our, our lives. It affects the lives or the relationship we have with our, our, our spouses, our wives, if you're, you're a man. 
uh, or your husband, my sister, uh, if you're married, affects the, our interaction with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Repentance does. It affects our interaction as, as parents to our children and ch children to our parents. How many times have, have a chore went undone? How many times have uh, something occurred where our children could have done better? And they, they went to mom and they, they went to daddy and they said, mom, dad, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I made the mistake. Please forgive me. That's repentance right there. And that's a very powerful thing. Reason being because it restores, it, it reconciles. It heals that, that disappointment when you hear somebody say that, that I'm sorry. Glory, glory. There, there, there's a child right now that had an a, a aggressive interaction with, with your mom today. It may be your father today. You had a very aggressive interaction. And, and you're sitting there smoldering in, in your emotions and your feeling because you feel that they didn't understand you. They understood you. But I want you to know that you were out of, out of character today. And they're sitting right across from you. There's nothing wrong with you going over and saying, Mom, I'm sorry. Daddy, I'm sorry. You mean more to me than anything in my world. And I want you to know I, I want you to forgive me for my behavior today. There's nothing wrong with that. And when we do that to the Lord, let me tell you something. God understands the value the value of our relationship with him. He understands how, how committed he is unto us. Not the church. I'm speaking to the church, but I'm speaking to believers and unbelievers out there, out there as well. Glory, glory. I'm speaking to you as well. Re reason being, reason being, we have postured ourselves. We have postured ourselves to cower away from our responsibility. We, we have postured ourselves to be, to be stubborn in our response to God. We have postured ourselves not to, not to even approach him because we, we don't want to repent because we feel that we were done wrong. We feel that we, we are justified in our feelings. We feel that we're justified in our posture. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter 3 and 9, it tells us the Lord is not slack concerning his promise to us word. Here's what it says, not willing that any should perish, but we all should come glory, we should come unto repentance. We all should come unto repentance. It is a value. It is a value of our relationship. It is a, it is a tool that God has placed in the church. It's part of the gospel message. It's something that exists in, in our relationships with one another, in our relationships within our home, in our relationships with, with our co-workers. No, I didn't meet that deadline. I did not meet that deadline. I want you to know I'm sorry. Yes, I overspent the budget. I, I, I went over the budget. I did not mean to, but we had this thing going on. I did not know what to do. I want you to know that I'm sorry. I want you to know that I'm sorry. That's how powerful repentance is. Can, 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 I, can I tell you? Ooh, can I tell you? As, as, as much as we have witnessed in this last six months, as much as we have witnessed as a nation in, the, in this last year, I can recognize, and I hope you can too, there's certainly been a lack of repentance in our world. There's certainly been a lack of repentance in our world. When we look at certain things that have taken place here recently, when we look at the hostilities that, that exist in the nation, when we look at the violence that we have human beings, members of one race, we're not aliens, we're all human beings, regardless of skin color, regardless of culture, regardless of what country we come from. We're all human beings. But when we look at the violence and, and the hatred that we have invoked upon one another, that certain members of our culture, of our society, have, have done to the other person, when we look at that, I see, I see the lack of repentance. 
I see the lack of compassion that we should have for our fellow man, that we should have for our children, that we should have for those that are those that are hurting, those that are are, are, are wanting their way out, those that don't have what we have. When, when I see all that that's going on, when you see all that that's going on, God loves them. I'm here to tell you right now he does. Calvary would never have existed if God didn't love them. But can I tell you this? I hope you see it like I do. That there is a lack of repentance. There is a lack of repentance in our nation. I spent some time in Israel, and I, I loved it. And I, I could tell you about that, but I can't testify to what exists in Israel. As a soldier in the military, I spent some time in Saudi Arabia. I spent some time in Egypt. I spent some time in Korea. I spent some time in Italy. I spent some time in, in Germany and in, in, in these countries. But I can't testify to what's existing in those countries. I can tell you what the newspapers say, but I can't testify to that. But I can't testify, testify to the fact that here in our country, the United States of America, I can tell you right now, that there is an absence. There is an absence of repentance. There is an absence. There is an absence of repentance. And I just, I just want to question myself. I want to call myself out on this right now. Is that absence due to, to my lack of compassion? Is that absence due to my lack of understanding? Is that absence due to my lack of humility? We got excuses for everything. But can I own this? Can I own this? Can I own this? Can I own this? If there's friction existing in a relationship that I may have with a neighbor or a relationship that I may have with a coworker or a relationship that I may have with somebody in my community, and if we have not reconciled, if, if we have not apologized to one another, am I at fault because I lack humility? Am I at fault because I lack the willingness? Am I at fault because I lack my God-given identity as a member as a member of the church. Who? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We need, we need repentance. We need, to be, we need repentance to be functioning and doing well. We need repentance to be functioning and doing well. Please, we talk about faith. We talk about faith and Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But can I tell you that without repentance, we can't be reconciled to God. Without repentance. I wanted to talk to us tonight about culturization, inculturization, and acculturization. I wanted to talk to us now, I wanted to talk to us tonight about some of the challenges that we have as members of the body of Christ when we don't understand the importance of those culturizations and how we function and live out our God identity as members of the body of Christ as those called out. But, but I felt led so strongly to talk about the power of repentance because a church has got to be a repenting church. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, turn from the lack of repentance, turn from the lack of humility, turn from the lack of compassion, turn from the lack of critician in our heart. If my people, Lord, forgive us as a people. Oh, yeah, 
Forgive us as a people, Lord God, for making an excuse why we feel the way we feel. When we see the news, Father, instead of, instead of Lord God, partnering with somebody, partnering with Pastor Tyler, partnering with Pastor Urshan in prayer, Pastor may have already seen what we've seen. We may already be dialoguing about it, but partnering with your wife, partnering with your sister and Lord, partnering with your brother, partnering with your children, partnering with that teenager, partnering with that man or woman that called out one and said, let us humble ourselves. We're not going to talk about the problem. We're not going to belittle the situation. We're not going to say that this situation is unreasonable, that it is unreachable, but we are going to repent on their behalf. They may not recognize the captivity. They may not recognize the stronghold that exists in their lives. They may not recognize the challenge that they have, but Father, we see it. Father, we see it and we repent on their behalf, God. We ask, Father, now, God, we ask, Lord, that you would begin to intervene, Father, and have mercy, God. The mercies, God, that are new every morning, God, have mercy, Lord God. And as much as, Father, I'm feeling your presence right now, God, I ask that you not only look upon us as a ministry here at the Tree of Life Church. Father, I not only ask, God, that you look upon, Lord God, the city of Cincinnati. I not only ask, God, that you look upon dating, Father, but I ask that you look upon Ohio, Father. I ask that you look upon our churches, Father, spread all throughout Montgomery, Montgomery County, Hamilton County, Father, spread all throughout Summit County, Father, spread all throughout the regions, Father, here, God, the regions of Ohio and the regions of our nation, Father, every state, God, every county, every municipality, Father, we pray now, Lord God, that you would give us a heart of repentance, God, that you would give us a heart that we seek your face, that you would give us a heart, Father, that would turn away, God, from those things that are not pleasing to you. Turn away from those things, oh God, that are hindering our relationship with you. Turn away from those things that are not fruitful, Father. Turn away from those things, oh God, that are creating walls and barriers, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Between husband and wife, between father and son, between mother and daughter, between the kingdom of God and the citizens of this world. We ask now, Father, we ask now that you will intervene and help us to become the people that you've called us to become. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for coming in tonight. And I pray in Jesus' name that you are blessed. And I pray in Jesus' name that your home is fruitful, that your family is fruitful. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you never forget that their power of repentance is in the church of the living God. Thank you for joining us tonight. God bless you. It's a grace when the heart is on